raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Good afternoon. You are listening to Healing the Whole Person, a weekly show every week at 3 o'clock on Thursdays. And so we just welcome you this afternoon. My name is Susie McGinn. I'll be your host today. And I have in the studio with me here Angela, Patricia, and Rosemary. But I want to introduce to you also our special guest today. I, some of you who listen regularly will be very familiar with his voice and his ministry and his great teaching. It's Father Bob Sears. Father Bob is a former professor at Jesuit School of Theology in Chicago and at the Institute of Pastoral Studies of Loyola University of Chicago. He is currently a spiritual director, counselor, workshop and retreat presenter, and writer on various aspects of healing, especially faith development and intergenerational healing, as well as healing the environment. He is past president of ACT Heals, which is www.actheals.org, an association of healthcare providers to bring Jesus' healing to healthcare. His articles and writings are available on his website, www.familytreehealing.com. Welcome, Father Sears. Thank you very much. Yeah, we, I've had a series going on of the, <clears throat> the sacraments and their healing implications, and we're come to the final one, which is the anointing of the sick. You know, it used to be called extreme unction, you know, the last anointing. Yeah, I remember a time when I was in the Traverse City Mental Hospital helping out, <clears throat> and uh, the chaplain there had said that he, he frequently has to anoint the patients because they're kind of near death and then they get healed. <laughs> Much to his surprise and the surprise of the other people there. So actually the, the anointing of the, it was the anointing of the sick. It wasn't always called extreme unction in the beginning. It was a continuation of Jesus's own ministry of healing. And uh, it, it really, as we'll see, it was raised to a sacrament because of the importance of illness in God's providence to bring us closer to God. I and the extreme us, unction is mm -hmm. the, you might say, the time when it's especially needed because when people are sick unto death, a lot of good things can happen, but a lot of difficulties too, as we can see. I so think uh, most of us are I'm, familiar with that, yeah. that use of it. Um, Father, when did it become also the t uh, a sacrament of of healing for this? Well, uh, actually, it was uh, during the uh, Second Vatican Council, and they uh, they said it was called extreme unction, but it may more fit fittingly be called anointing of the sick, since it is conferred right. not only at the point of death, but in any serious illness, 
physical or emotional. That's in the liturgy decree in the, the Second Vatican Council. So, so basically, it was expanded to understand what it was really, because it was a continuation of the the healing ministry of Jesus. You know, and he said he sent out his uh, apostles to cure the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse lepers, yeah. to drive out demons, mm. and to announce that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So these were all signs of the inbreaking of God's kingdom. And this is the theme of our show, and it is every week, the healing the whole person. So this is yes. most appropriate. I think this is a very exciting topic for us today, and especially uh, depending on what age you are, uh, I think it is a, it's, it's a very appropriate um, a sacrament to take advantage of and we often have healing services uh, at various churches and in our own churches and um, I, th I hope uh, people are taking advantage of it but if not uh, perhaps what we say today will encourage them to take advantage of this beautiful sacrament yeah we've had uh, we've had healing services at st. Thomas the Apostle where I often go there when I'm not saying that someplace else and uh, they have quite a line of people that are going up for it. So I think we really, it's catching on. But I want to mention also that there's a sacramental lay anointing. The sacrament is, of course, uh, the priest confers the sacrament, and it's with uh, chrism blessed by the bishop, whereas the sacramental is something like holy water as an extension of baptism. So holy oil is an extension of the healing ministry of the church. And there's a, a blessing for lay people to do a sacramental anointing. And that's often, especially with the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, quite common. And so when I often have healing services, I usually have it uh, as a sacramental rather than a sacrament. Uh, so it's just important to distinguish those two because the sacramental isn't official sacrament of the church. It is an extension of the sacraments for ordinary people, for your blessing when you come into church for baptism or for the anointing with the sick. And it's a prayer that the healing will take place. So <clears throat> I just want to say some things about uh, the importance of even uh, the especially serious illnesses because uh, it's an important part of a person's life and it, it uh, can lead a person to conversion. I remember a time when I developed tongue cancer, for example, and I <clears throat> I had planned a, a pilgrimage to actually to the Holy Land when I before I found out that I had tongue cancer. Then I my dental surgeon. Uh, did not only taking out an extraction, but also did a biopsy of the white spot on my tongue, and it came out cancerous. So I had to, you know, I had to uh, cancel the my trip and uh, focus on the healing. And when I was, uh, I won't go into all the details of that, but when <clears throat> after the operation, I I ex experienced a kind of tenacious pain that wasn't stopped until someone prayed a deliverance prayer over me. So it was a sign, you know, and in certain of our illnesses, we might even be tempted by Satan or attacked by Satan in those particular times because they are important times for us. 
So it was a time really to rely on God's help. Yeah. And uh, my my cancer had positive, it had some other positive results too. First, it made me realize that I might die before finishing things that I was were important gifts of God for me to share. You know, of course. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> don't want that to happen. <laughs> we don't want to get in God's way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. To finish a couple manuscripts that I had one on John's Gospel and the other Mary sure. and the spiritual development that were just half finished, and so it, it motivated me to get get them finished. I've got healed fine, so it didn't. <clears throat> it, but the, the the decision to finish those was made during the, <laughs> the uncertain part of the illness. Sure. But it gave so you the Lord's more, getting all the my attention. He yeah. says, if I don't get it, I'm going to die. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it also gave you so much more confidence in the power of the sacrament. Um, yeah. Yeah. In my, I, I didn't have the sacrament at that time, but I the uh, I did have a healing uh, service in. I don't think I did. Maybe I did actually. I, before I had left for the operation, I may well have had the sacrament also of healing. Mm -hmm. In my own life, um, Father, and to our listeners, um, my mother suffered greatly at my birth, and as a result of that, she became very ill when I was eight years old, and uh, oh. was—I uh, won't go into all the details—but she was gravely ill. And ended uh, having the uh, sacrament, uh, the anointing, three times. This was in 1948, so mm -hmm. you know, we didn't have all the medical abilities that, or even the uh, sacramental uh, aspect of this uh, sacrament available. But you know, she was miraculously healed. Uh, among other things, she was in a coma for six weeks. And anyway, she came out perfectly normal. And the prayer was that she would live to raise me. I was the youngest. And she died right after I turned 21, and two months after I finished school. So it well, was uh, it was God's beautiful timing, and um, I guess she did a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, well, I'm always well, you very mentioned grateful. something important there yeah. that that uh, see nothing happens to us unless God allows it to happen, and so He always has a good a good end in mind. So. I always, with any illness, I always ask, uh, what am I supposed to learn from it? You know, because, for example, with my tongue cancer, I, I didn't smoke, and I, you know, my dad's smoking didn't bother me, and then nothing came up until this, this, this particular thing, and so I never, what dawned on me after I prayed about it is I never spoke my pain. Uh-huh. In the womb, I'd said I won't be a burden. I've mentioned that before, but I didn't realize how deep it was. And I never, once that became aware when I was 42 in a healing group, you know, it was, it was actually Act Heals members that were praying for me, and somebody got burdened, and it dawned on me, I'd, I, said, I said, in the womb, I won't be a burden. So that, because my mother had two before me and she was kind of had her hands full and she didn't have a very good relation with her mother either. So in a sense, it was overwhelming for her, I'm sure, because I must have picked that up. And I said, I won't be a burden. And if we make a decision like that, God can't really change it until we change it. Right. So he brought up the... <laughs> He brought up the fact that I'd made it, and I realized I wasn't a burden to God. I was a burden to my mother. Yeah. <laughs> so I was making my mother my foundation of 
understanding. And so mm -hmm. I really, I took it back. I said, Lord, I give that to you. I'm not a burden to you. And I'm really, you're responsible for me being there, not, not my mother. We well, didn't choose our parents. No. God chose them for us, you know. So <laughs> My son but, gave a toast one time at one of our family weddings, and he said, choose your parents well. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, uh, choose you choose them well afterwards, you know, because yeah. you don't choose them actually. No, of course not. No, God he, does. He joke. doesn't make mistakes, and so even if you were abused by your parents, it's very important for any healing is to choose your parents, but not as the foundational parents. I've mentioned that before. Has God given us new parents through our baptism, and right. we're baptized into Jesus's family. Right. So we have his mother and his father, and Saint Joseph as the human mediation of his father. So right. those are the important choices I think of most of us, all of us, really have to make because our parents, really, none of them adequately loved us because human love isn't the solution. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're made for an, you know, eternal love and that's what we have deep in our hearts. And right. So we're always disillusioned with merely human love. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, I, 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 as you were talking there, it just reminded me too, again going back to my mother, she was 41 when I was uh, born and not well as I said, and I often wondered, you know, did, was there a resentment or a bitterness or any regret, you know, that she was uh, having uh, a, a baby? She was in labor for a whole week with me. But uh, anyway, it, she ended up telling me, I am so glad we have you. You have brought so much joy and love into our lives. And so <laughs> I was, you know, that was such a healing for me because you do wonder when you see uh, your mother so ill, uh, whether or not she would feel That's that. That's right, you do. But that, exactly. we had that healing yeah. together. It was, I'll never forget her. I know right where I was when she told me that. You know? Isn't that beautiful? That yeah, beautiful. it was beautiful. Yes, right. it was, yes. So um, going back a little bit to the theology behind this a little bit, Father, um, and I see, I was doing a little reading before uh, we started today, and I saw that it, this all, the biblical foundation for this sacrament came from the Council of Trent. Uh, and um, so we go way back uh, on this. It has, so it's been practiced for many, many years. And um, I also th looked at how the sacrament uh, developed and how it's administered. You know, uh, could you talk a little bit how, what, maybe people have never seen uh, just what an anointing looks like. Well, it's usually done in the context of, of uh, the Eucharist and uh, other things, you know, for the anointing of the sick, especially when it's at the, the end. Otherwise, in the hospital, they would have an initial prayer, and uh, then the the priest would do the anointing, and the actually the, the text from... James is the one that uh, it pretty much follows. You can see uh, the book of James, it says, <coughs> the, uh, it's the, the last chapter there, the James 5, and verse 14, is anyone sick among you? He should summon the presbyters of the church, and they should pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. 
and if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. And so with the sacrament of anointing, if the person cannot attend confession, then the sins will be forgiven. So that's an important aspect of the sacrament of anointing of the sick, or the sacrament. That's not, of course, well, sins will be forgiven any time we really ask the Lord to, but you want to get them uh, underscored by going to confession when you're able to. But whenever we turn to the Lord and ask him for forgiveness, he's more than willing to do that. He's already, Jesus has forgiven us for everything on the cross. When he said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And so, basically, God wants to forgive us more than than, than we're ready to be forgiven. Right. <laughs> but it differs so, from uh, reconciliation. Um, could we talk a little bit about that? It's, uh, it's not just like the sacrament of, of reconciliation. Yes, but certainly. That's, that's of course, the, the uh, sacrament that... Uh, forgives our sins and so we we basically go there and again that's a sacrament so all the sacraments are really conferred by Jesus not by the person because they are sacraments of the church and so the the minister is the spokesperson but ultimately when the when the priest gives absolution I I just say I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen then the sins are absolved according to our willingness to let them go. So Jesus' prayers are always effective. And so that's the difference between a sacrament, which is really conferred by Jesus as the minister. So even, even for example, in marriage, who the ministers in marriage are the couples. <laughs> so they, right. in their ex- assent, they are conferring the sacrament. But the sacrament is what God has joined together. In other words, they're speaking for God. And so Jesus is the one that confers the actual sacrament. But even though the ministers are the spokespersons, they're the ones that confer it. So it's a continuation mm -hmm. of Jesus' ministry. His his main ministry was the anointing of the sick. Uh, Well, well, not the main ministry. No, but... but, uh, uh, give you some examples. Could we talk about that after the break, Father? If, okay, can you hear sure, that, that, that familiar music? Because um, I think this is a very exciting to, topic. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Please hold on. Again, this is Healing the Whole Person, WSFI 88.5 FM. Hello, I'm Juliana Taimarazi from the Iraqi Christian Relief Council in Chicago. Our culture needs Catholic Radio as a tool for evangelization and catechesis. As a powerful platform, Catholic Radio brings Christ to us all and brings us closer to Christ. Get the real Catholic news from Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. 
Hi, this is Wes Riccio from the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore, wishing the fullness of God's blessings upon all those who will soon be receiving the sacrament for the first time. If you have a child, grandchild, or godchild being baptized, receiving their first Holy Communion, or being confirmed, remember that Holy Family has the area's largest selection of gifts, accessories, and supplies to make their special day more memorable. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information, including a virtual tour, is available on Facebook. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Welcome back. This is Healing the Whole Person, our weekly program. Uh, and we have our wonderful guest today. Again, many of you are familiar with Father Bob Sears. And uh, we have an exciting topic today. This is part of our sacramental series. We are talking about the anointing of the sick. And uh, so we were just talking about how the sacrament itself is administered. Um, you know, what, what the priest actually does and uh, what happens, how Jesus is present during that uh, administration of the sacrament and what are the results. So could we go on from there, Father? Yeah, I'm going to go on just to to explain how it relates to Jesus' ministry. And when he, what did he have in mind when he healed people? You know, one of the first uh, uh, occasions when he healed the the paralytic who was, remember, let down on the mat by his friends from the roof. And Jesus said to the man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes thought he's blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? And then Jesus told the man to, to take up his mat and walk. And he said, you know, that you might know that the Son of Man on earth has a permission and has authority to forgive sins. He told the man, which is easier to say, take up your mat and walk, or your sins are forgiven. Then he said, take up your mat and walk. And the man did, and he walked. And so Jesus was, in a sense, showing that the healing, as well as forgiving, are signs of the inbreaking of God's kingdom. Forgiving heals our spirit. When we sin, we have guilt, and that the forgiveness or the reconciliation heals that guilt. It takes it away because Jesus forgives. But it leaves the consequences of sin, our suffering, illness, and death. And those are the aspects that also need to be healed if we're going to be bodily transformed into the image of Jesus. And so healing is a complement, you might say, to reconciliation because it's healing our body, the consequences of the sin. Because if we've done a whole history of sin and we get forgiven, we're no longer guilty about that. 
but we still have the inclination to do it or we have the effects of it, the harm that it's done to our body because anything that is not really according to the love of God is going to bring uh, illness to us and that's because right. love itself is is powerful and that's where Jesus says, you know, or where the scripture says that in the time of the, you know, the Emmanuel when God is going to be with us There'll be no harm or hurt on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. Do you think because that um, the love of God is what heals ultimately? You feel that uh, people um, receive physical healing from the sacrament of reconciliation as well, when when the a deep sin that can happen. Yes, yes, because yeah. of because of the, uh, the the spirit being healed, then then the body, in a sense, which is trying to bring that into light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Right. For example, I mean, they, they go together because, uh, like with my uh, healing of my tongue cancer, I took that clue when I got therapy, you know, where, you know, people to share with. <laughs> There's a wonderful little story here I might share later just, just on, on the aspect of healing and Jesus' healing. <laughs> Let me read it. That'd be, yeah, it, I'd like uh, to hear it. It comes to me. The, uh, <clears throat> it's this little story that I have in this book of stories he says a woman's happiness was shattered by the loss of her brother a good man dearly loved torn by anguish she kept asking god why but hearing only silence she set out in search of an answer and she had not gone too far when she came on an old man who's sitting on a bench he was weeping and he said i've suffered a great loss i'm a painter and i've lost my eyesight and he too was seeking an answer to the question, why? And the woman invited him to join her, and taking him <clears throat> by the arm, she, they trudged down the road. And soon they overtook a young man walking aimlessly. He had lost his wife, the source of his joy, to another man. And he joined in the search for an answer to why question. And shortly they came upon a young woman weeping on her front doorstep. And she had lost her child, and she too joined them, and nowhere could they find an answer. And suddenly they came upon Jesus Christ, and each confronted him with the same question, but Jesus gave no answer. Instead he began to cry, and he said, I'm bearing the burden of a woman who has lost her brother, a girl whose baby has died, a painter who's lost his eyesight and a young man who has lost a love in which he delighted. And as he spoke, the four moved closer, and they embraced each other, and they grasped Jesus' hands. And Jesus spoke again, saying, My dominion is a dominion of the heart. I cannot prevent pain. I can only heal it. How? asked the woman. By sharing it, he said. And then he was gone, and the four, they were left standing, holding each other. Oh, that is so beautiful. Uh, it brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> yeah. But isn't that Thank true? Because it, it, so Jesus, really on the cross, he didn't take pain away. No. He mm-hmm. joined us in it. Bear one another's burdens. One of the things I read this morning was that... Um, that the, the the healing that we need uh, brings 
us, the sick people, whatever the kind of sickness, whether it be spiritual, psychological, or physical, it brings us in touch with the community. Often we say when we have a problem, you really know who your friends are, you know? But it really does bring us um, a, a link. And, and people that you don't even know well, you, you have a oneness with them because That's of right. our Lord. Yes. And you don't have to know all the details of their life. You, right. ju- you just know them because they love Jesus and you do too. But Father, That's I want to just um, ask you a question. love that heals ultimately. Yeah. So when people come together and share their woundedness, in other words, it's, it's, it's very good not to fight any illness. Don't try to fight an illness because that just uh, means that you're trying to get away from it. Whereas God is allowing it to happen for your good. Mm-hmm. So you need really to listen to it. And even though you do the things that are needed to, to get it healed, don't be anxious about it because God will lead the process. Because he didn't let it happen in the first place unless he meant to bring good out of it. And so when people have illnesses like that, it might not, for example, be their own illness. It might not be the sin that they committed. It might be something that's back in the ancestry. That's why I pray for healing of the family tree type of things. Of course. Because anything that is not finished in our ancestry, if somebody, for example, committed suicide and they never really had the opportunity to get confessed, somebody who's living will want to commit suicide to be with them. That's right. That's right. Because because it's 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 like nobody can be left unministered to. And when Jesus came and took on the sins of everybody, it was not just the ones after him, not just the ones that had happened, but he was interceding for everybody all the way back to Adam and Eve. That's why we have a new mother and a new father. For all time. All time. In other words, we're restored into what we would have been if Adam and Eve had not sinned. Mm-hmm. Because um, we have a mother who didn't have sin, and now our father, of course, is Heavenly Father, and St. Joseph, who's holiest after Mary. And uh, so basically, God never gives up on his goals. So he wanted he created Adam and Eve to be an extension of his love in the world. When they sinned, they lost that extension. But he gave us Jesus, who is the extension of his love in the world, and Mary, who is the partner to Jesus, because she's free from sin, and so she's totally one with Jesus. Right. And so they, together they are in our Savior's feeding that we would be restored. And so everything that happens to us, in a sense, is either for our restoration to being united with the love of God and Mary and Jesus or for ancestors that we're interceding right. for without knowing it, you know? That reminds me of that verse uh, from Romans 8.28 for which we are, many of us are very familiar where we, it says we know that all things work for good for those who love God and who are yes. called yes. according to his purpose. Y- so yes, that's, that his, that's a, his that's glory might one. be revealed in in our illnesses and uh, and and in the healing of our sinful lives, um, we uh, during the break, um, Father, uh, a question came up. Uh, we want to go back to the the verse that you read from James, chapter mm-hmm. five, verses fourteen to sixteen, where yes. it says, uh, "Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church." 
and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So now, when it says he must call, uh, what if that person is not open to receiving the anointing, or doesn't make it's okay, not his heart's that's desire? That's a very good point. Yeah. Someone else point. brings him. Yes, right. When when Jesus, uh, remember when in John's Gospel in the fifth chapter, one to fifteen, when Jesus had the cripple by the pool, and he asked the cripple, "Do you want to be healed?" Mm -hmm. See, God can't heal us. He can't give us love if we don't want it. Right. Or because right. he'd been thirty-eight years. <laughs> trying to get healed. Well, not trying very hard because he never, <laughs> he would never get thrown into the pool when the angels stirred it up. And so, <clears throat> he, and he didn't really say, yes, I want it. He said, nobody's there to do it. You know, he's kind of like an indirect yes. <laughs> yeah. But Jesus heals him anyway. But then later on, he meets him and he says, now, uh, don't sin anymore lest something worse happen to you. In other words, he, he probably was because of sin that this was happening for him. And uh, Jesus says, don't sin anymore. Now, that doesn't mean everything that happens to us is because of sin, because we aren't even responsible for some of the things that happen to us. They might be ancestors or whatever. Like the, the blind man that was in chapter 9 of John's Gospel wasn't because of sin of his parents or anybody else. It was for the glory of God. So God has his own purposes. You know, to heal the blind man, it shows that Jesus is the light of the world. Mm -hmm. So, God so. is the solution to all our illness. And uh, he is what we're looking for. He is the love that we are missing. He is the light of the world. He is the one that can do all things. And so, when some of the illness may be there just to reveal the glory of God, that God's power, like, for example, exactly. letting Lazarus die. He, w he was his friend, so mm -hmm. it wasn't because of Lazarus anything was bad about Lazarus. He raised him from the dead that he might be revealed as the resurrection and the life. So what you're saying then is that Jesus knows our hearts. He knows yes. what we believe. And even if our hearts are closed, he, can, he still loves us beyond anything we could ever hope for or imagine. But, uh, yes, you asked, now yeah. you asked the question of whether do we have to ask. Yeah, do we have yes, to ask? And some, <laughs> we, do, we at least have to be willing, you know, because God will never go against our freedom. He right. made us free. And, and we're really here only to, to make those decisions because, you know, we're made for eternal life and this is a very short time. Father? So we're here to make decisions to bring us closer to God's love. Mm -hmm. Father? And when we do that, he's going to constantly be moving us more and more and the more we get close to God's love, the more he's going to give us other people to intercede for, because that's what God's love does. Jesus is interceding for everybody. But I think the clarification that we need is if someone is in a coma and can't respond, and we, they don't know his wishes, what happens you, in that particular situation? You can presuppose situation? it. You can presuppose they want to get healed. Right, and then okay. do it conditionally. Okay. Well, that's when the, I, pray I think for that's people, the answer. I do it conditionally. I say, Lord, I forgive their sins on condition that they would bring you, bring it to you for, uh, for forgiveness. 
Right. And, you know, I, I always said, that's enough, I think. You know, if the person doesn't want to get healed, but most people do if they know it's available, <laughs> you know. So <clears throat> we, we, need, we need to realize that God is free. And he, he has made us free because he made us to be able to love. And so he won't force us. He will always ask, like he asked Mary. I mean, you know, he didn't, he quite have implied it. He said, you're going to bear a son. And, but she said, she implied request because he, he needed her yes. And so she said, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. Right. And so when we give God a blank check, he's going to make us closer and closer to him and to his love because that's what he wants to do mostly, why he created us, to share his love. And that's what he created Adam and Eve to do, to be a channel of his love for the world. Yeah. And if they had continued to do that, we wouldn't ever had to die. <laughs> so we would have just continued on. I have a, a question about a verse that's in Colossians. Uh, mm -hmm. It's chapter 1, verse 24. It says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's sufferings. Okay. And so how does that... Uh, is there anything lacking in Christ's sufferings? Right. Yes. How, how, what is that? Our reception. <laughs> oh, there's okay. nothing lacking in his sufferings. He's totally, you know, the Louisa Picaretta is the one that we've mentioned before, and that Jesus has revealed to her that he wanted to begin with her a third fiat, and her writings are being studied, so uh, I can't say this is uh, final finality, but I'm convinced it's true because it fits with the Old Testament too, because in Je Ezekiel 36, God says he'll put his spirit in our hearts and make us keep the law. So, in other words, we don't even have to be able to do something. You don't have an excuse to say, well, I, I can't forgive him. He's hurt me too much or whatever. Then what you can do is just say, Lord, you forgive him in me. Right. And I give right. him permission. But he has to have that permission. And so right now, when Louisa was there, Jesus told her that he wants to begin with her, and she died in 1947. And so she took 35 years to get to this point, to be able to really live the divine will. He wanted to begin with her to show that we could be without sin, even though we were born in original sin. So in a way, that's exactly what we're talking about with the man who might have, as Anne uh, mentioned earlier, that uh, would, in a coma, uh, not able to respond or make the choice for the anointing. Uh, we can, Jesus can offer it, and unconditionally and how they receive it how they would have received it if they were able to make that choice that's that's what that's what his uh, his will I offer is. it conditionally yeah. namely that it's on the condition that he receives it yes right because God won't go against our freedom but otherwise 
God wants it more than we do. So <laughs> he, he doesn't want anybody lost, and he doesn't want anybody sick. <laughs> yes, no. And we have some people that um, have called in, Father, uh, and asked us to pray for them. And mm-hmm. so we uh, we want to sure. sh- we want to uh, ask them uh, to join us in sharing in the sufferings of Christ, uh, because, and mm-hmm. so that they will reach out to Him more deeply through. Um, our prayers, your prayers, and through Jesus' intercession. Um, sure. The first one is a man named John who okay. is having suicidal tendencies. Okay. Um, a, a parishioner in a nearby church who is suffering from brain cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, a woman named Val who has suffering from colon cancer. Mm-hmm. A fellow named Dwight with a bowel obstruction and uh, lastly a good friend of our station here Tom McGeegan he is uh, suffering from fever and chills undiagnosed as far as we know so if you would um, uh, yes lead us pray all for, those. So, for those people. so each of those says so Lord for John and for any suicidal attention if anybody in his ancestry Lord is is committed suicide in any kind of uh, background Lord we pray for them that they realize that you would forgive them too if they would turn to you and ask for forgiveness may our Lord Jesus release them from any suicidal tendencies and that they would let Jesus bring to death because ultimately suicide is just a trying to do to yourself what you feel like has to happen and when we when we get healed we have to die to the old and arise to the new so it is a kind of an inner life transition experience so Lord we ask that they would that suicide feeling would be turned into grace Lord with you that you turn it into a new hope a new resurrection thank you Jesus we pray for the brain cancer, Lord, we just ask that any cancer, I believe, is is a denial disease of some sort. And so they, maybe some understanding is just being hurt, or somebody's back through the generations being hurt that way. We ask, Lord, we bring it to you for healing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we pray for the colon cancer, Lord. We ask that you would it's you know it might be something that is is uh, been bottled up some f- negativity some wound that has been swallowed and, uh, or dealt with whatever we bring it to you Lord and we ask that you would bring that into your love into the ho- sweetness of your presence into your Eucharist Lord that heals all our need for nourishment and growth in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. In the bowel obstruction, Lord, may we just ask that that would be released, that any anxiety about it would be released, the fear, we bind it in your name and command it to go to Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that this bowel instruction will be released in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Jesus. And for all of us, Lord, that we would be blessed by you, and that we would be touched, and that we would realize that our bodies are precious to you, and that you want to bring us healing, and that you yourself underwent the pain that we go through, so the ultimate healing is to open to your love, and to unite what we're experiencing with you, 
on the cross and submit it to your intercession, Lord, so that you can restore love among us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, and, um, well, it's very gratifying to, to hear you pray, and I know very comforting for the people who have called in with these requests, Father. So I thank mm. you for that. Um, also, um, I know that you are planning a, uh, not too far from now, a pilgrimage to Medjugorje uh, uh -huh. in October. Not, I'm not planning it. I'm, I'm the chaplain of it. Oh, you're the chaplain. Uh, Garrett okay. Bosco and Margaret Waleska are the, are the planners. And, okay. Mm -hmm. but the and they can get involved with it with the Catholic Charismatic uh, Renewal. website. Yeah. It's CCRCC at SB1, excuse me, CCRCC1 at SBCglobal.net. And the uh, trip is going to be from October 19th through the 27th. So I'm sure after all the enlightening words and comfort that we received uh, from Father Bob today that uh, this would be a very enriching trip to be on uh, with him in Medjugorje. Uh, as especially they'll be praying, I know, for our church at this critical time. So, Father, we just thank you so much for being here with us again. And uh, would you give us our, your blessing before we close? Yes, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you and myself and all the world through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. From about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or at WSFI Radio. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace be healed of your disease.